three, one, two, three. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What's up? Yo! Madison, Wisconsin. Southeast, South, Southern Wisconsin. How you doing? Good morning. AG30. We got the Raiders. Yeah, coming, coming to Wisconsin with Chucky <laughs> as the as leading the brigade. Uh, as the head coach, uh, John Gruden, who is a uh, – actually, I would have loved playing for him. Yeah. He's a character. He has multiple personalities, as we know. You ever had any run-ins with him? Uh, no run-ins. I mean, it wouldn't have been bad. I think he was a guy that wanted me, you know, in his backfield. Um, I tell you what, man, Amon, when I was coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, we played you guys, man. I really like you, man. I would have loved you in that. What's that quarterback, Brett Favre, man? I love that guy, man. You guys used to run that Spider Z, man. Uh, Amon Green, great player, man. Oh, how long have you been working on that? <laughs> I just heard it a lot. We've heard it a lot. John Gruden uh, impression there, brother. I like it. I like it. But, uh, man, he's uh, – Taking over the helm out there in uh, Oakland, California, which soon will be the Las Vegas Raiders, which yeah. is which is still interesting. Future road trip, we're gonna have to do. Yeah, show that on one's that. future for sure. That is that's gotta happen. You've been out to Vegas recently, yes, and yeah. the stadium's up. Oh, I, I went out cool? there. I want to say before the summer, and it was already had like the four. You could tell where it's gonna be the the four angles of staircases walking up to the up, you know the nosebleed seats. So. Saw that part, and, you know, Vegas, it doesn't have bad weather, so construction ne- probably never slowed down. So I would say right now, if I'm a betting man, stadium is complete um, out there in Las Vegas. So it's going to be interesting now to have a – they have WNBA, they have they have hockey. Hockey, yeah. And no, I know they, you're, I would say baseball they maybe. They might have baseball. Yeah. They're and talking then, about the now, Oakland A's maybe becoming right, the Vegas the Raiders. A's. Now, Amon, yeah. I know you're a different breed when it comes to your free time when you're playing. It was like comic books and right. playing video games and movies and whatnot. But if you were out in Vegas, a player in Vegas, would you be easily distracted? No. Nah, I know you're I, a little different nah, breed. No, I'm a different breed. I, it would have been um, business as usual. Yeah. I would have stuck to playing, you know, coming home early, not partying at all. Um, during my football career, I did zero. <laughs> uh, it would have to be the off season for me to actually go out with my teammates, which it was, you know, which was at the times here in Green Bay and Houston and Seattle. I waited till you know basically the season was over, January between January and August was my party time. Um, during mini camps, you know, the weekends we ha- we will have off and have time to go do those things. So. But no, myself, I was business as usual. Yeah. I was guys know I didn't. So what'd drink. you do on an off day? Just off day, game out, game out, workout, like in season off day, like a Tuesday uh, workout, going get my workout for the week that we have to get on Tuesday, get any uh, rehab or treatment I needed for any injuries. Which once by this time of the year, they were injuries. Yeah, it usually was a, a, a twisted ankle, but still was playing. These high ankle sprains today, I still kind of laugh at them. Like, what is a high? I know I played with a high ankle sprain. No, a hundred percent sure. And I, it didn't miss a game. How much did that affect you out on the field? Or did the adrenaline just really kind of just kick in? Yeah. Nothing, uh, unless it was really, really bad. It was, uh, I say, a few times in college, I had one my freshman year. I sprained it really bad where my, like the one outside part of my ankle kissed the ground where Ooh. it shouldn't have been kissing the ground mm. and against uh, Kansas State. And it was a week before the Colorado game, my first Colorado game of my college career. And I was like, I can't miss that. So I didn't. Um, I even though I had. A cast of a tape job, kind of like we were. I, I was listening to you guys on the way in with Mahomes and his ankle and knee. Now that I had that where ankle, where it was kind of messing up my game, yeah. but I still played. Um, and as we saw, I say with Mahomes, just talking about him real quick. You know, he's down. That kind of hurts the. I say a lot of 
lines and NFL fans out Yeah, what there. do you think of that? Because no, we, we were talking about this. Uh, it's Iman Green Show, by the way, 608-321-1670. You want to jump in with Iman. You know, you look at it. When the schedule came out, Iman, you know, yeah. six, seven weeks ago, you're you're circling Raider game. That'll be the layup because then you got these brutal road games back-to-back. Well, suddenly, like, the model shifted. Right. The Raiders, three and two. They've won two of their last three. They go. They look great beating the Bears. Obviously, Kansas City's probably season over. And then L.A., the Char- the Raider or the Chargers, who went 12-4 and four last year, are two and five. Like, how, what do you think of this complete, like, role reversal of this Packers schedule the last few weeks? That is football. Okay, uh, I say as a player, there's no layup. Every game I took serious. I don't care if they were 0 5 Lions or something in a season. Never played that. Never played that team, by the way. But we knew Detroit during my years were kind of up and down. So that was our team. We but you never took them as a layup. They beat us one year um, in the, on a Thanksgiving Day game because that was the game they get up for. Like anything that type of I say morale to the game or hypeness to the game and then uh, it being us coming to town telling Detroit to play them they're going to show up so Raiders are I say definitely a different team not not the team where we thought they were going to be having um, Antonio Brown and potentially having um, Jordy Nelson yeah those guys on but we got Edgar Bennett coming to town with Terrell Davis and or uh, Terrell yeah Terrell Davis or Davis um, and uh What's Deshaun a, Kaiser, you know, so you got yeah, guys that Kaiser's was once Packers, but uh, but a little, I say a little caveat to that: the Packers pick up Ryan Grant, who was once a Raider, and that happens a lot before a big game comes up. A Did team you, picks up another player. This is, a, and I say part of that is they might, you know, they don't. You didn't think I'll, that was the running back that replaced yeah, you, you, did people, it? Because Ryan Grant was a no, running no, back that no, no, replaced him. You were like, damn, if Ryan Grant can still play, no, I can no, play. I was no, better than that guy. Ryan Grant, no, I know Ryan Grant <laughs> wide receiver. No, did you see a bunch of the Packer fans without? It was Everyone the old, thought it was, it was the old Ryan. I'm pretty sure because fans, Packer fans, they get so stuck onto the season, don't really do the homework. You know, because I'll be honest, I love it, I appreciate it, but fans still think I'm playing. I, I appreciate it. And, and I say, hey, I say, I'll, I'll tell them. You know, they say, hey, good luck this weekend. I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, all right, I'll tell them. Yeah. But other times, you know what, I don't want to I don't want to mess up. I don't yeah, want to rain, rain on their parade. Hey, you know what, thank you. And I'll, t- I'll tell Matt what's up as well. You, you, know you could mean? go to the XFL, Amon. They just had their draft. I, you know, I just had a daydream of that. Did you? Because uh, Winston Moss, you know, former yeah, Packer coach. Yeah, because he's coaching, right? We actually were not only he coached, he didn't coach me per se, but he was a coach when I was playing. Yeah. And also we were teammates long time ago. When I got drafted to Seattle, he was still playing as a linebacker, middle linebacker for the Seattle Seahawks. So we have a lot of connections. Just so I could call, call him and be like, hey, Winston, hey, I want to get it. I get it. I want to go at it one more time. Dude, you totally could. <laughs> he might. <laughs> I, I say the way the WWE, was it WWE, WWF has yeah. built uh, Vince McMahon, yeah. you know, he wants a storyline. He's a guy because that's what they do. You could bring that's a good storyline. Dude, that's you could play running back in a Batman costume. Vince I McMahon stopped. would love it. Watching wrestling because I found out it was the fix was in. Oh, you found it was fake? I found it was, oh, when it was 13, it broke my heart. <laughs> broke my heart. I was so disappointed in dub in Hulk Hogan, Coco Beware, Junkyard. Who's Dog. your favorite WWE wrestler? It was uh, well, WE, I don't know. I don't or WWF. W, I got old school. I was a Hulkamaniac, yeah. But then once I learned about uh, Junkyard Dog, oh, man. man, the JYD, what he would bring it. He had them chains. He'd be barking. I was like, oh, that's, <laughs> that's my guy, guy right there. <laughs> I was still a little Hulkamaniac. I had a yeah. little. I had but a then, Hulk. Yeah. I Hulk. But yeah, Friday, Friday Night Main Event, when I found it up, mom, I think it was my dad broke it to me. He mm. kind of said it. In kind, he, he was talking to my mom, and he's talking to me at the same time. And he, he, I don't think he meant to tell me. 
like the way that it came out. Cause he saw my face once I react. He was, I was like, it's broken. <laughs> what do you mean? I was like, what the French toast are you saying, Dad? <laughs> He's like, it's a show and this and that. You know how we watch movies. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. That's funny, man. You know, but the rundown. We get to the football. The rundown. We got Aaron Rodgers. He's a little bit over, right at around 1,600 yards, uh, passing for the season. Eight touchdowns, two interceptions. We got Derek Carr, who is you know having a rough last two seasons. Right, a little bit over 1,100, six touchdowns. Touchdowns, three interceptions there. But with tell of the tape for between the running backs, we got Aaron Jones sitting at three, almost 350, but has, I'm pretty sure, a league league of eight touchdowns uh, rushing. And then Josh Jacobs, the young running back out of Alabama, bringing it uh, at 430 yards. He's, a, you know, he's 45 yards short of Bo Jackson's rookie season really? in 1987. Bo Jackson at this game of the year, had a time of the year, had 475 yards rushing. No kidding. And we know, you know, potential. I'll say we was, we'll know for sure. We knew for sure if he had played a whole career, you know, another five, six years because he played five or six, he'd be an um, NFL Hall of Famer. So mm -hmm. that is a good – that's saying a lot for Josh Jacobs. He, he drafted him in the first round for a reason. Alabama has the yardage, has the experience, playing at a high-level uh, University of Alabama, though, as we know – Winning, you know, cranking out national titles down there. So he has that type of experience to come in year one. And I say running back is a position that usually can transition right away because everything is right there. I mean, the speed you pick it up in practice, then preseason and on so on for going to the regular season. And I really like the way he ran against the Bears. Um, the play that that defense having over 100 yards rushing a couple of touchdowns that says a lot. So that means going in this game is something that, again, the defense here is going to have to prepare for. Got enough tough yeah. running back. We saw what they did against Ezekiel in Dallas. So I believe they're going to play well. You know, Jadarius, Preston, all them guys, Blake Martinez running around, you know, getting – he's the tackling machine. So I see them, again, making it rough on the run game for Raiders, but got to be mindful of them. He doesn't – he did – you know, he's played in a lot of national titles, so he has that experience. So I say run down on the AFC – they're second in the AFC now, and it gets more interesting as you guys talked about with yes, Mahomes, Mahomes being down. Can't see the game is a different game now. So second in the West, you know, last two I say they lost to, they beat the uh, Detroit, they beat Dallas. Um, no, no, I'm sorry, that was a uh, uh, um, Packers. So Bear, they beat the Bears and the Colts yeah. and lost to the Vikings. Packers beat the Detroit Lions and the Cowboys, and then they lost to Philly as well. So you know that's where we're at in the division week seven. And uh, got some good football you, coming. When up. it comes to an uncommon opponent like the Raiders, how does the preparation change, or does it change at all, leading into the game? Like um, you know, what you got the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears. Like how does prep change for an uncommon opponent? Uncommon opponent, you just gotta dig a little deeper. Yeah. You gotta maybe go four games back and see what they're doing. Um, seeing what their you know personnel is defensively, offensively. Do they switch out D linemen a lot? Do they you know in certain formations put in a running back or a slot? To play different parts of the so how offense. much film are you watching leading up to this oh for an uncommon opponent just as much as well as a, somebody you know is sure. like like with the packers the bears vikings or, or lions it's the same amount but just a little bit more i say detailed yeah because their guys you know they have they don't face them all every year they face them every other year every two three years they wrote they do the rotation so that the i say the preparedness you don't know what's coming at you because also their attitude is Hey, we're coming in Lambo. We we try and get a big victory. This is title town. You know, I remember as a Seahawk coming in my uh, second year, and it was a big deal. Regardless of where we were at in the season, if we we're going to playoffs or not, you're playing in the mecca of football. You know, where it was uh, I say when the championships were won a lot back in the day. So now you're coming in opposing team. You could lay your stake and say, hey, getting a good win that could springboard the season 
for you, you know, even though it's not a bad season for the Raiders, it's kind of right in the middle, being at three and two. But that could spring, that could be four and two going to the latter part of the year. So when you're out there, I'm sorry, let me ask you really quick. When you're out there and all the film you've been watching, all the studying you've been doing, is there a moment where you know you figured out the defense, where you can just see it on the field, like I know what you're gonna do, I'm gonna hit my gap here? Does it just dawn on you? Or yeah. Is it, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you study film, I mean, I'm, right now as a coach too, you see things, and you know, okay, we can run these plays, we can run these plays out of these formations and same vice versa for uh, defensive players and defensive coordinators. They can, okay, we can stop this if we put, we run this coverage, but defense is a little bit more disciplined. You, you're stuck in a zone coverage, knowing the rules, cover two, there's rules, cover three, there's rules, man to man, there's rules. So if you, you run those, that's why there's a lot of disguising and a lot of cheating defensively, but offensively it is like sitting in, you know, when you're with your friends in the, in the, in the yard, dragging, drawing uh, routes in the sand or in the dirt. Yeah. You could have some fun because you see a mismatch come up. You're like, all right, we got this linebacker like, on this running this back. Guy. If the running back is put in a slot or is a slot receiver that is really fast, like a, if you have an Edelman, you can have some fun. Yeah. Um, so those things, that's why we see Tom Brady doing what he's doing. But those things can happen. So we're talking about receivers. He's talking about Lazard. You know, he comes out, he wakes up, I think everybody, catching the balls because we know Devontae also on the line on him. You know, he's still leading the team as a receiver, but hasn't seen the field in two weeks. So we got to have somebody steps up, who steps up, Lazard out of Iowa State, and doing a little homework on him as we're talking about doing, watching film. You know, he was practice squad Jacksonville last year. So that background there where one-on-one, he's going against one of the best DBs who's having a little turbulent time in his career right now, Jalen Ramsey. But going against him one-on-one as a practice squad player, all you can do is get better. You know, sitting there physically banging with an all-pro cornerback. And, he, you know, he's a trash talker, but also he's a teammate at that time for Lazard. So he is educating him. He's asking him questions back and forth. You know, how are you? I'm a big receiver. I'm 6'5". I'm over 200 pounds. How are you dealing with me? You know, how you, why are you going to, you know, stuff me or try to press me in this coverage but lay back on the opposite coverage? And how are you going to play that if I DQ and I, how are you going to recover? So he's asking those questions to a good player. So that's good for him. And, Coming in, he's aimed. He, he I say he earned that trust of Aaron, doing what he did in that game, catching that first ball, but then able to come back to him because of that first catch. He's got the quarterback's trust, and he got another weapon. You know, coming with uh, hopefully Devontae coming back here in a few yeah, weeks. Yeah, I do want to get. Uh, I'm glad you brought the wide receivers because that was obviously among one of the big storylines, maybe the biggest storyline uh, from Monday night, and, and a lot of people are kind of nervous about the wide receiver position or lack thereof going forward. Uh, 608-321-1670. want to jump in with them on. Uh, what's your final t- – I don't want to spend too much time on it because it's kind of been there, done that, but it has been a storyline this week, the storyline on the national media. Yes. So i got to get a couple of minutes. Sorry, but, yeah, what's in. your final take on the efficient? I mean, I think we all can agree – it's been bad, and there were some bad calls. I still maintain that, you know, the, the notion or the narrative that that the that cost the Lions the game. I mean, they they still would have had a minute left. They they still didn't do anything with the ball the second half. I mean, it certainly affected you know the score and made it difficult. I can't get behind saying that cost them the game, though. I mean, what was your takeaway of the? The calls and you know the officiating in general here in the the NFL to start this season. Yeah, I say uh, correction. It was Trevor Davis, not Terrell Davis. But uh, to those calls, it wasn't the deciding factor, but it weighed in heavy. Um, I was in agreement because I'm watching those plays uh, that the DN 
that's a that's a move. That's a common move, or I say common technique. You see defensive ends pushing back on the lineman like that, so they could gain position to get past them, or just to hold them up. And being in New England, he was part of a three-four defense that obviously there's a muddle rush where you don't really push hard on the old lineman if you don't have to. You kind of you push the pocket down and just slow it and squeeze the quarterback because you have to do that against Aaron Rodgers because we know how athletic he is, how he can buy time with his legs. So they were doing a muddled rush. That's the that's the term used between D linemen in and three four because only three down D linemen and then you have the rest backers that come off the ball because they got to go into cover sometimes. So with that muddled rush, you do that. You put that technique. You push that forearm or that arm up into the shoulder pad, and only thing you see, I see, you know, the pitchers. Buckle to David's head's back. That's not hands in the face because, but that's where, just like anybody else, they're human. Referees got to they got to get better, and it wasn't. Well, Buck Taylor was kind of placated. He was telling the ref, he's like, dude, he's keeps up. He's like up in there. He's up in there. He keeps talking to the ref. And you can do that, and that's smart. And the ref finally throws the flag. And that is smart by David. So would you do something like that if you're playing? Like, hey, hey, ref, this guy's doing this to me. Like, why aren't you looking out for this? If it's something, yes, I would do that because you gain an advantage because you're making the referees aware. So as a player and even as a coach, I've been told to let the referee know. Hey, if you see something, let him know because then he'll he'll, he'll be looking for it. So David. If that's a coaching thing that he, one of his coaches said, "Hey, let the referee know that DN is doing this." It's a game within a game. It's a game within a game, and you I want like a game it. advantage. So that right there, smart. You want to educate your players. I tell my players that coaching football, you know, things that we could get away with, long as the referees don't see it, or if they do see it, let them, you know, put them on notice, put them, make them aware, just to look past. Uh, in my area, coach, you know, ref. You know, John, come here. You know, hey, you know, I'm having, you know, a, you know yeah. this guy. He's, you know, he's not really putting his hand in his face, but he's getting close. Yeah. If you just kind of nudge him a little bit before the play snap, in between TV timeouts, be like, hey, he'd be in the head. It's like I'm getting my butt kicked. But you know what? Let me just say, something. hey, be I careful, guy you know, in my time. Be careful exactly. with that term. Notice Nelson got it. You see him get all excited. He's I got, saw you look back well, at him. Yeah, Nelson, he, Nelson's he, got his on. He's got this list. thing called Mount Notice where he puts people on. So I don't want. I would never ever want Amon Green to get on Mount Notice. So Uh-oh. you saw how excited Uh-oh. Nelson got when you used the term Notice. So got it. Got uh, it. No, it doesn't sound like I'd put him on notice. It sounds like he's like a activist. Maybe he could buy some notice. real estate on Mount Notice, Nelson. Mount notice. A little retirement have a cabin for Amon and He's family. got Rashawn Gary on. A few times. Oh God! Can, oh, man. can we get? Can you call your friend Gilbert Brown and get him in here so we can just have him sit on we Nelson can, once can, and for we all? Can, we can make that happen. Uh, <laughs> this is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ebo loving that Paul Wall. What to do, it. baby, Paul I pre- Wall? I appreciate it. Marie appreciates that. That's one of her. It's the people's oh, champ. It's the people's champ, man. People's champ. Paul Wall, baby. Yes, sir. <laughs> but you know it's not the people's champ. Devontae Adams now on the field. Oh, Whoa, turf man. toe. Turf toe. Hey, it is Have you real. had turf toe? Yes. Yeah. Explain it. It's terrible. It is terrible. So, you know, here on Twitch and Mixer, I'm showing. So just imagine your big, so your big toe is your thumb of your, obviously, your foot. Yeah. If you don't know that now, we got problems. Um, <laughs> you sprain that big toe. And you know your thumb, you know, helps with grip and mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. Holding them to, you know, double fisted with some Miller lights over there, Joe. <laughs> them thumbs come in handy, man. I could love to. All right. So just right imagine now. you spraying that thumb. Yeah. You can't double fist it no more. No more. It's just one blue moon for, for weeks. myself. For weeks. You can't pivot. You Dude, know, it's I on your foot. So you can't jump. You can't squat. You could barely walk upstairs, man. Me being a college kid, being think I'm I'm indestructible. Thought I could come back early, and I was running on half a foot. No, no. 
I rushed for 900 yards, which was great. But my season <laughs> ended the first play of the last game of the regular season at Nebraska my sophomore year with a broke man, a second minute torso. Ugh. Because of I was oh. compensating, running on the hill on my foot, running on four toes instead of five, which the I guess the big toe is a toe. And that swelling it's terrible. You know, it's terrible, man. You you can't I, bend it. I so, got turf toe, and my my ligaments are still messed up. And I got that 15 years ago. Once right. a year, my toe will pop, and my whole foot, my whole toe will swell up like double the size, and I can't so walk. That's where I got introduced to going to a chiropractor, introduced to going to deep tissue massage, yep. and to have a guy or a lady dig in that joint. It was torture, but it was for the better in the long run. Because thank God I came back the next year, my junior year. Actually, came back later that season to play in the bowl game. Because we didn't make it to the national title. We lost to uh, Texas mm. in the Big 12, which was disheartening for all the seniors and juniors and myself as well. That was our goal to go to the national title. That year would have been in the Sugar Bowl against Florida State. It would have been a great game. But we didn't. We went to the Orange Bowl, which is not a bad town. We're in Miami. We're in South Beach against Virginia Tech. Better than Orlando. So, um, I came back. I had seven carries for 52 yards. So I did enough to say, okay, I'm back to get ready to, for the next season. So, yeah. This turf toe, don't take it lightly. I what I like and what I like the most, which I've always I will say this, best training staff in the NFL. And I would say I want to go to I wouldn't even take it a, a stretch further. All four major sports here in America, because they get guys back on that field. They know how to get guys ready. So giving him this rest, because where they're at five and one. If I'm Matt Lafleur. And Devontae, we, I'm like, you good? Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> the thing. So they're winning without right. him. Exactly. But you know, we had this. We had a great debate on this earlier in the week. Amon is, you know, do you say that model's not sustainable? You know, having those wide receivers out there on Monday night where balls are bouncing off face masks and chest pads and drops, and you know, do you say that's why you gotta get Devontae Adams back quicker? Or to your point, do you say no? Until it gets to the point where they show they can't win without him, why would you rush him back? If you're LaFleur and the training staff, how do you re respond to that? Second part, hey, these receivers got to get time. I'll, I'm a big fan to letting the young bucks go. Let, putting young receivers out there. It don't matter the position, to be honest. Just young players. Because you never know when you might need them again. Yeah, You might be in a situation completely. Devontae comes back. He's healthy. But then, boom, something happens again. He's out again. Now you got receivers that got to gain experience going into the playoff run. You don't want that. I'd rather have that experience gained by these younger players now, that confidence built up in themselves, within themselves, and also that trust built on by Aaron, saying, I could throw to this guy. I could throw to Alan Lazard. He's going to go get it. He's a dog. He's a guy I trust. That's how, it, as we watched, Devontae gain that trust when it was Jordy and Greg Jennings. How, did, how hard was it for you to get Favre's trust? Um, or was it just right away? I, I say – wasn't that hard, but he saw what I the, the yeah. addition to his game. You know, he he liked to pass the ball, but he's like, man, I'm not on my back. <laughs> I get to hand this thing to a guy that we just got from Seattle. I'm gonna keep handing it off, and oh, he could throw, he could catch the ball. Yeah. I could throw a screen over here. Would you have caught that Aaron Jones pass that he dropped against the Lions? Man, that's a tough. Hey, that is not an easy catch. Yeah, uh, I mean, great throw, but. You got to catch that ball. I don't care if he would have fell down catching that ball. That's what I would have did. I would have like, you know what? I'm just going to fall down and catch the ball. Just make sure I catch this ball. Because <laughs> the way he caught it was trying to go forward. He was trying to catch it running. Yeah. He just kind of turned back. And, and that's a tough catch. You got receivers practice that pet catch every day. Running backs don't sometimes. We, we do catch. We do practice catching ball in different angles. But sometimes that angle. Because like we're that. not running a seam. Yeah. 
most of the time. We're going to do check wise, checks downs, which is within five yards of the quarterback. So that is a tough catch to have. But all I say, if you're going to bail on it, bail on it, falling to the ground, catching it. He could roll into the end zone because it was a touchdown. The linebacker is probably 10 yards from him. But a tough catch. I would say a tough catch, but a catch you must make. Still has Aaron's uh, confidence as a running back because he's doing his thing um, and has respect from other defenses. So, you know, in, in itself, there is something that still uh, has to be developed in his game. But for all the receivers that are coming out, because you got Devontae out, you got Geronimo out, you got Allen stepping up, you got hopefully, you know, Marquez Valdez Scantling continues. You know, he went out in that last game, but he came back in, game busters. So seeing all the catching and the dropping the face mask of the balls hitting. Was, was a little discouraging, but they played their way out of it. That player said, you know what? This is what we got. We better catch this ball because we're not going to. If we could keep dropping balls, we're going to get cut. We're going to be. a ton of drops. We got guys oh, on the, man. You got guys on the practice squad that are chumping yeah. to get time. They'll get activated because they see. guys on the practice squad like, drop a couple more, drop well, a couple they're more. They're not saying that, but in the back, <laughs> trust me, in the back of their head, they want to play. Like, come on, give me on this roster. Because you know you want to play. Yeah. You know, I just can't believe you brought up double fist and Miller lights and didn't bring any in them on. That's like <laughs> no, that's like kicking a man. I got down. my jeans seen T. You want my jeans seen? He's not a beer drinker though. This is the Amon Green Show, brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. So we got what is it? What was it like? In myth, Greek mythology is like the Hydra, yeah, the two-headed dragon. We're talking about two-headed monster. So we got Jay Will. And Aaron Jones. The only, the only thing, me, like if I'm Jay Will's coach, but I can, because I've, I'm the elder statesman here in Wisconsin, I could come up to 1265 and knock on the door and be like, I saw Coach Sermons too. Great guy, introduced myself. I said, hey, I'll come over and help these guys out. But I'm going to tell Jay Will one thing stop all the dancing, man. <laughs> Please. What do you mean? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me. Could you like, just walk in, Amon? Could you just walk into no, I couldn't Green Bay? In. Like, no. hey, I'm Amon Green. Like, hey, what's up, Amon? They will well, speaking of celebrations, did you guys see that uh, Zadarius Smith said yesterday that the, the Packers said his, his celebrations take too long? Or yeah. He said that he's got to. LaFleur said no more. Say, so much. Yeah. Jadarius is Yeah, you know, his sack celebrations. He does the sleep. He did, he did the, the army crawl. He said that LaFleur said it because they want to get the the, uh, the punt, punt team on and it's costing them too much time. So he said no more sack celebrations. No more sack celebrations. What do you think of that, Amon Green? Um, that's a coaching thing, yeah. yeah. Um, what a buzzkill! Just he's a Darius. He's gonna have to. Uh, he gonna have to Twitter that thing. You know how Twitter you only have Twitter. You only have so many characters. characters you better yeah. shorten that thing. You don't like Jamal Williams dancing though. I, I, I I'm never. You were, I, you, I, were, I, you, were, not, you danced one time. You said right. One time in my 12 year career where I actually got jiggy with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the end zone. I'm just saying you. Okay, you do a lot celebrate, of Lambo celebrate, leaps, though, celebrate, right? Celebrate a touchdown. Lambo leaps. Like you do dance, a lot of those. Like dance in the end zone. He, sometimes I see Jamal dancing a first down cover or a good run. No, 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 man. Get back to the huddle. <laughs> Score the touchdown, and then you can get loose. Would you rather do dance or Lambo leap? I would, I would say depends on the on the road. You know, I would just spike the ball. Give it, or you, dance. I'll say dance on the road because you're on an opponent's field. But at, in Lambo, man, it's Lambo you have, leap. You have to. Man, you have to, man. Leroy created it. Got to keep it going. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Did you yeah. like doing the Lambo leap? The I people loved pouring, it. pouring beer in? No, him? I loved it. it just, that's what. What do like, you think of Mason Crosby's Lambo leap on Monday, Amon? He needed Ooh. help. He, he needed got a, help. He got. He needed a boost. He got a boost like you see in Gears <laughs> of War. He might be in some trouble. You had Kate character pop you up there. I'm like, come on, Mason. If I'm in the locker room right now, I'm giving Mason a hard time the whole week. I love him to death. And God, you know, for him and his wife going through what they've been through and their family, yeah. staying strong, but just to have a little fun, we're like, Mason, dog. You can't you can't get the uh you can't get the bench and get 
Boost it up. lift you up there. They got to be giving more hearts. <laughs> I know any Packer that played with me, because I remember when I came back in 09, the receivers, Jordy, Greg Jennings, James Jones, they were rating you like in the Olympic diving competition. Oh, they give you ratings in your You were getting 10, 8.5. That's awesome. They were talking about it. Okay. So he, that right there, with assistance, that might be a five. So J.K. Scott, the punter who was holding for um, Crosby when he kicked the game winners, he went and jumped and did a Lambeau leap too at the end. Well, J.K. Scott is an is a athlete. He's a beast. I would say right now, pro bowl dark horse yeah. as punter. He is a beast. Mm-hmm. I punted in high school. I know the technique. What? Yeah, 40.5, bro. Look it up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Look it up. Um, his technique is, fall- is flawless. And it's you see why he was what he was for Alabama to change field position. He's averaging, I think, around fifty. He's a dude. He fifty-three point something. And he knows how to cough and kick. He knows how to do all that stuff. So that is a, I say, a quiet weapon. You could change field position. He could be on the. He could be on his goal line. He will punt that. Trust me. He he could put it to the other goal line and have it stop on the one. A boomer. You know. So that is special. That comes for playoff time. Just late December in Lambo with the wind is going crazy. I, that's why I can't wait to see if how how does he do with the crazy wind, yeah. which he was here last year as well. But we'll see. You know, so. uh, you got a question for Amon six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Does the Amon Green show? Mitch, welcome in. What's up, bud? Hey, man, what's going on, man? Double fist and Miller lights. You got <laughs> new respect for me bringing that up. Yeah. I know he's teasing me, Mitch. That's like my <laughs> that's like my breast milk, and hey. I, I don't have any this morning. Yeah, I was, I was talking about turf. Well, you saw I brought that in there, n- you know. Yeah, yeah. Now, but now you know for next time. But hey, here's my question. <laughs> and um, so Jamal Williams, uh, he is just running people over this year. He, you know, he's always been. Uh, I don't want to say just decent, but he he's been good. But this year, in terms of the eye test, he looks faster. He looks stronger. He's just bowling over people. Has he? Has there been any talks? Did he do something over the the summer? Did he change his you know workout routine or what? Because he he looks like he took a huge leap this year from years past. Um, That's a good question. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you. Enjoy um, the Miller Light. <laughs> for what I know, I think he uh, done his usual. Um, he came in prepared. I thought he was a little heavier which is probably something he maybe needed, but he was already a big back. Uh, but I would say, for me, looking at it, since the concussion, that's where thing he's turned things on. And I say that because when you get hit, you get knocked out, you kind of, you get into this, is that, you get into this mindset, oh, that's, is that the worst it could get? Yeah. You know, even though the tone of CTE and so, tone of concussion happens. But when you get a hard hit, I remember when I was okay to wake you up. This is like ten, when I was eight years old. No, no, I was ten. I got my first big stinger. I thought my NFL. I wasn't even thinking about it. I was like, my my little league football career was done. I don't want to do it anymore. And when I went to the doctor, and, and the doctor told me it was a stinger, and my dad said, "Oh, okay, just icing, and it's gonna be sore. Um, be careful, it might happen again." I was like, I asked the doctor. This was eight. This is me, ten year old Amon. I'm like. Is that as hard as I'm going to – is that the most pain I'm going to feel getting hit that hard? He's like, pretty much. I'm like, I got this. I said, I got this. I said, it's game <laughs> over. I'm about to go like a bull in a china shop now. Said, Man, so that's – I could say that that looks like to me what Jamal has – it kind of rep because he's been hit hard. Yeah. It was a legal hit. I'm, that's one thing I'll, I'll say for him. That was the worst hit. That player is probably still be suspended in my book. But it got his mindset and probably game plan more focused. 
and know what he is to that that backfield. Is there something about getting comfortable too? Like getting another, another year? Because when you get hit, you get comfortable. Trust me, yeah. you get real comfortable. And yeah, another year in this, uh, I saw on this team, but as a, you know, being everybody's first year with Matt LaFleur and these play calls, but he is a run oriented minded coach. That's a good thing. So he's gonna not gonna go away from the run. He's gonna keep keep giving the ball to Aaron right. Jones <clears throat> to uh, to, J, 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 to J Will, which is good because in the long run you're gonna need these two in the playoffs. Let me ask you this: You're gonna need them at the end of the game, wide open, lines letting them score. Jamal Williams takes a seat <laughs> right oh, before yeah. the end zone. If you're a, if AG thirty is back there, tote city with the rock, are you going down or are you going to the end zone? Man, I, I know. I mean, the way I'm programmed, you gotta get to the end zone, but. That's only me being who That's I am. That's why I love you, Amon. <laughs> he just I, loves the minus four, Amon. Don't confuse you. You know, unless the coach said, Amon, don't go in the end zone. We're trying to run the clock out. That would be a coaching move. Yeah. Um, and most likely, that was what it was. Yeah. We don't know that a coach kill the mention, clock and get the you know, be, hey, hey, guys, this is a situation where you don't score so we can kill the clock. So, Jamal, if you bust through, if they try to let you score. Like, for me, I would have got thrown off guard. Like, oh, they're going to let me just walk into the end zone? But then what you do, but I've been in that situation as a, as a coach. At at Freedom this year, we we had a situation. We end up we had a it was the re, almost the reverse. We had a punt situation. We had to punt in our end zone. So we we're discussing on silent. Do we let the punter cast the ball and walk out like Patriots did years ago? Um, and it ended up happening anyway. It got blocked. It just so happened the ball got blocked and rolled out of the end zone. So it it did what we talked about doing yeah. just by chance. But it was a coaching thing. So maybe he got that little bug in his ear before he snapped. Said, hey, if they try to even Aaron might have said it. Because Aaron knows. Well, you could see it. I was just going to say, Rodgers is screaming, uh, get Get down. Um, But to Mitch's point of mine, and we were in here two weeks ago, and LaFleur said it's going to be more of a a split backfield. It's going to be running back by a committee. And we kind of saw that uh, in the uh, the Eagle game. And then we thought we were going to see it again in Dallas. And, you know, Williams gets the concussion early on, Mm -hmm. and it's the Aaron Jones show. And he has a career day. He comes back last week. Do you do you buy that it's Lafleur's going to go back to the maybe what a 60-40 Jones Williams split? Is it going to be the hot hand or is it ultimately still Aaron Jones? Because I'm sure fantasy football owners everywhere, uh, Packer fans everywhere are wondering. Like assuming they're both healthy, how does the backfield split look when it comes to Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones the rest of the way? I say you go with the hot hand, like you mentioned there. Matt Lafleur is equal opportunist. He's one. Of, he's a coach in the position. First year in a in a traditional huge uh, fan followed organization, and he's trying to set his feet right. You know, trying to get his setting where he's at, where he where's where, getting his groove as a coach. So I believe he's gotten that groove. Team's five and one. So overall, he's gotten the players buy in, which is tough. Yeah. Especially at the NFL level, if you don't get the players to like you, you're gonna have problems. But if they love you. You're gonna play. You're gonna have them do pretty much everything they can for themselves and for you as a head coach to win games. And we're kind of seeing that. And they're learning. And so getting in, I say getting in that almost cruise control mindset because you're sticking to doing your job defensively, special team wise, and offensively. Having this run game doing what is is doing, it's kind of we really haven't seen Aaron light it up. Which if I'm a D coordinator, I'm like, man, I'm worried. <laughs> like we know this is the bad man that. Stephen A. talks about he's dangerous. He's Neo. He's a bad, he's a bad man. man. Moon rising, whatever. How you want to you know mention it? And he hasn't had that throw you know four hundred yard game yet. He hasn't had the game where he had to put the team on his back. But he hadn't had to. Why? Because he has a run game. And this is what I say that why you gotta have a run game because that defense 
doesn't want to. I mean, they 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 want to stay in the same coverage, but they can't because then when you're running the ball, they have to respect. They got to put eight nine guys in the box, maybe ten. Well, how but is it? Not, they, if they got the receivers cooking, they got to put six or seven DBs back. There, how is it as a running back? Obviously, when you were playing with Brett Favre, everyone wanted to see Brett Favre throw the ball. But then you got AG thirty out there, beast and prolonging Brett Favre's career. How is it as a running back, knowing the star of your team is a quarterback and people want to see it? And you were just like, do you just know your role and do what you do? Or is it give me the rock so I can show people that I am? Uh, for me, it was just I knew my role. Because yeah. um, I knew at any point of the season, at any point of a game, I could get hot or Brett could get hot. It's football. I was a gamer. I wasn't really – I'm a, and I was a team player too. My thing was as long as I was effective to get the ball in the end zone, get first downs when called upon, hold on to the rock, pick up the blitz, that was my job description in my head. If I had the game, then I had the game. If people, if Mike Sherman, Tom Clement saw that I was hot, or Tom Rossley saw I was hot, they, hey, it's, it's AG today. You ever but hear if, someone crying for the ball like a diva wide receiver? Like, oh, man, throw me the ball. Oh, throw me the yeah, ball. Like, dude, know your role. <laughs> constantly. <laughs> teammates are not. Uh, teammates of mine, uh, Donald, Antonio, love him to death. They used to harass me because I, sometimes I come out of the game. Yeah, you've told the story where you had the one game where because it was more Jones. receiving yards, more receptions than them, and they mad at me. Well, who's right, the, biggest, we who's had the biggest crybaby when it comes? Give me the ball, give me the ball. I want to say give me the ball, but AG, why are you getting so many routes? <laughs> Well, Donald. you were saying that because Aaron Donald, D- Driver? Donald Driver. Driver. Oh man, because you know, the the game that Aaron Jones had against Dallas was the best receiver game yes. since you and you shared the story of that game where you were the leading receiver and you said that Freeman and everyone was just going, "Dude, Donald, you're taking yeah. all my balls." Donald Antonio, but it was I say part of it was love out of love, but it was hey, fun. But hey, but a lot of it was like, man, this dude getting the ball out the out the backfield catching the rock. Come on, man. <laughs> That's why I'm my wide receiver, you know. So we got a quick question from my. One of my viewers in on Twitch from Lope Dizzle 69 he said, when, as a player, was your favorite time of day to play game? Oh, yeah. Ooh. I would say 12 o'clock kickoff like this Sunday because you get the game started. You ain't got to – you don't have to wait around all day long because with Mike Sherman, that means you had about two or three extra walkthroughs. <laughs> and you want to get to football. So I'll say that early kickoff where you get to going – and every now and then, I say Monday night only because it reminded me of high school football Friday nights. Because yeah. you're out in the lights, you're the only show football-wise, unless it's this time of the year where we got baseball, basketball coming up all at hey, the same time. Playoff brackets so. for the WIA coming out at so, midnight. Yeah. Ooh, you never played Thursday week night football, of the regular season. That? You never did Thursday night football, did you? I did. Did I'm you? Pro. D- hated it. <laughs> hated it. <laughs> Who doesn't hate it? Hated it. This is the Amon Green Show. Brought to you by Badger City Auto on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. I wish my viewers could hear that on Twitch and Mixer. That's the Halo. That's your, oh, that's your bread and butter. Right there. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Ebo. Oh, yeah. Appreciate it. I uh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, are we going to be thanking, uh, Amon, are we going to be thanking a win uh, next week when you come back uh, over the Raiders? You had made yes. a great point, and people don't realize this. So the Packer wide receiver is kind of a punchline right now. The Raiders. The Raiders, man. Have, they might even Hold be up. worse. And how, how is that possible? I mean, between injuries, not only releasing two, so J.J. and then uh, Ryan Grant, and then Ryan Grant gets picked up by the Packers, they're just helping him, like, inside spy information. Hey, what you know? Yep. That's basically why that. I mean, he is a talented receiver. He's a six-year vet, but part of that is like, you know, what? What do you remember? Because guys get bitter. I remember <laughs> a full disclosure. <laughs> Your secret Scotty, Scotty Wells, uh, Packer Center. 
Oh man, he's not gonna like me after this one. Come on, secret safe. He, <laughs> I remember before he, it was like a couple years before he, you know, I think retired or got released. He told me he copies the playbook. Oh really? Yes, and he just in case I go to another team, so I can have everything. I could give it to the other team I go to. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like Wells. I'm like Angry Man. Come on, man. He, he copied the playbook. He, it would yes, it was hilarious. <laughs> so, so yeah, my JJ Nelson. That's what I was trying to think of. And uh, Hunter Renfro, the wide receiver of Clemson, who was a baller down there, but fifth round draft pick to the Raiders. And Jay Jones is uh, all of Derek Carr's targets. Guys that you we don't know the names. When I'm doing my homework, I'm like, who who are they? Who He's, I knew Renfro because he balled out against uh, yeah. Alabama for Clemson. So he has a lot of receivers that are making a name for themselves. I would say biggest thing, gain, gaining his trust, gaining the coach's trust to be on that field. So DBs and uh, Packers defensive backfield are really like, they got to gain respect for these guys. You know, they got to come out there and show up. So that's going to be the biggest thing. So my pick for this week's game, being a home game and at the Raiders, they are a good team, but they are not that team. They, they, they're not that, um, I say, that trap game. You gotta, I say you got to respect everybody. So I'm going with the Packers at home. 28-24. I like it. 608-321-1670. Got a couple of minutes left. You want to get a question in for Amon Gavin. Welcome to the Amon Green Show. Boys, how we living this morning? Great, bud. Large and Doing in charge. Good. Doing good. Hey, Amon. Loved uh, watching you back in the day, brother. Thank you very much. Hey, guys. I got a question. So I want to get a, give a little love here to a position that doesn't get talked about too much uh, with Amon on, and that's the fullback. Mm. Um, so I know uh, Dan Vitale is getting a little more run this year. Um, I wouldn't mind him actually getting uh, even a little more play. I think he's pretty good in the pass game. But, Amon, I was looking at some of the teams that, that use fullbacks the most this year, and the, and the top three teams is New England, San Francisco, and Baltimore. So teams that have three good fullbacks and, and just good offenses and are able to run the ball, um, can you kind of talk about what challenges it presents a defense when you have a good fullback and maybe also any uh, personal experiences, guys that you played with back in the day? Thanks, guys. Go th- pack. Go. Thanks, Gav. Great Thank question. You, <clears throat> Great question. So having a fullback is basically having a mobile and smaller offense alignment in the backfield. So that guy could be anywhere from 5'10". You want him definitely over 230. So my <laughs> fullback, was I was blessed with Will Henderson, who was 6'2", 255. Okay. And the linebackers I was dealing with are the same size linebackers that are today. You're talking about 6'250". In that range, Blake Martinez is probably 6'1", 240, 235, 245, somewhere in there. So when you have that guy coming downhill, along with me, which, you know, I'm coming downhill with bad intentions. I'm six foot 215. Amon Green, bad intentions. Um, I like that. That should so, be a biography name. Hey, it should be. <laughs> Toting um, the rock so with yeah, bad, Tote City with I, bad I intentions. I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to attempt to say the fullback name for uh, 49ers, but Vitale in here in Green Bay and then uh, Baltimore's fullback as well. That is a lost art. It's a no, I mean, lineman, tight end, not only blocking, but then when you have that guy could catch the ball out the backfield, that dec- that creates problems for a defense. So I love it when I see the fullback in front of the um, running back at any, if it's eye formation, if it's strong, if it's weak, even if he's uh, in a wing position, like kind of off the line of scrimmage behind the tight end, because that's telling the defense, oh, we're going to run the rock. And if you, if we, if you think we're not, we're going to mess you up with this guy. <laughs> we're going to bust you in the mouth, either in a flat route or screen. Even if the fullback is athletic enough, like, uh, was his cry, is it Kryzak out in 49ers? I don't know. I'm on. Kryzak. I don't want to destroy it. But Pro Bowl, he was a Raven. They picked him up. Kyle Shanahan knew they were getting. 
what type of offense. He he runs what Gruden runs, a hybrid West Coast offense, Kyle and Matt. So having that, that's why you see Vital doing what he's doing. He just got to make sure he catches the ball a little cleaner because I think he had a couple of drop passes in that game as well. well who did? But as long as he yeah, – track, exactly. Jimmy Graham, <laughs> everybody was dropping the ball. But biggest thing, make your blocks when you're in there as a fullback. Um, so when you're a running back get, and you see a fullback just make this crack block and just blow it. a dude yeah. up, or you just you, just you happy, going, but you better yeah. keep you better run through that hole. <laughs> you can't you can't admire you you admire it. You can't admire it too you, long. You, so this is a Sunday <laughs> game. You admire that block on Monday. Watch it film. Nice. You know you can't be like running back. Oh yeah, nice yeah, block. yeah, yeah. Pow, because you, you're gonna get tattooed. You're gonna get hit in the chest. So you gotta appreciate the block during the act when it happens. But hit the hole. You respect. Really appreciate it on Monday. Getting it, and then be out on Monday. Be like, hey, bro, I saw that. Woo-hoo. Or do it when you get to the sidelines. Yeah. Because you know they got the replay board. They got the screen going. Like, dude, nice so block. Let me ask you about the replay board. If there's like a bad call, like Lions fans resurrected some billboards in Detroit of uh, <laughs> of refs wearing a cheese head in front of a blue background. They're pretty salty about the referees. Have you ever had an experience where you looked at the replay board or ever and you knew a ref screwed you? Did you ever go up and say anything to a ref or are you just like, it is what it is? Um, well, as a player, no, it is what it is. As a coach, last, was it last week <laughs> on the sideline? <laughs> I didn't, the, actually, referee walked, he kind of he got it in my face, but my, my strong safety, our quarterback as well, Reeve, laid this kid out. It was it was textbook tackle today. Shoulder pad to the middle of the chest. Bow, hit this kid, and the whole our whole sideline lit jumped up. We're like, yes, here comes the flag. We're like, what the, what the <laughs> frick? God bless America. We oh, that's a definite French toaster there. That's a uh, what the French toast, man. And <laughs> that's a double so French there, toast. Like all of the coaches, like in unison, we all said, back call, back call. As the referees walking towards me. I'm asking him. I'm a little louder than I, but I'm not. Sure. I'm I'm in a, a respectful tone. Yeah. Why is that a penalty? And he says, "Say something one more time." I'm gonna throw a flag. I'm like, oh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just asking a question. Yeah. I say, like, I know I can ask a question without getting flagged. And then my my uh, head coach grabs me, walks you know, walks me away. I'm like, I was just asking a question. <laughs> I'm about to get a flag <laughs> for asking the question. I didn't say you you a jerk. I didn't yeah. I didn't call him out on his name. I was just like. Uh, Speaking of questions, Man. we got one. I got one for you, Mom. Before we run out, are you gonna hang out for a couple of minutes? Yes. All right. All right we got one, one, one more official uh, uh, question before we wrap up this segment. Uh, Jay hits me up at uh, at Actions on Radio. Says, uh, "What is what's Amon's take on Andy Green's call or uh, Andy Reid's call on the quarterback sneak with Patrick Mahomes?" I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Mahomes sure, Mahomes got injured. Yeah. The, yeah. I don't think – I know Favre ran quarterback sneaks. I don't think Rodgers has run much, if any, in his career. He's ass. W- yeah. Was that – I mean, is that a fluke thing? I mean, when you're putting your – I mean, I know Brady does it a lot. Like, what's yep, your take does. on – because, I mean, yeah, Rodgers done it, but you don't see it that often. I mean, is, is right. that a, a, a notion of you want to limit your hits on the quarterback – Reed's comeback was it was a fluke play. He has no regrets. Like, did Favre want the ball at the goal line? Did you want – I mean, how did that work when you were in tight uh, and right. it was a decision of a quarterback sneak from inside the one or, or giving it to you? Right. Uh, who was that question from again? That was from Jay. Jay, great question. Uh, fluke. Fluke. It was because you're looking at the situation. It's, you know, fourth and third and short. You got your quarterback in. And he, it's not a position – he's not going to be in a position to really think that he's going to get tattooed or – Leaned on, so obviously, but something happened in the pile going down. He probably got his knee hit the ground first, and then somebody fell on it. Mm. Um, from his interview, and it, you know, obviously, first reaction is like, "Oh my God, what's going? What happened?" It's the, the reigning MVP 
of the NFL. But once he gets up, you hear the interview, he's very positive about how his knee feels. And we'll see. You know, just wait and see now. Um, but it's not even, you know, midseason yet. We're coming up on here in another week. So that's a good thing because he has time to heal. Now he can heal that ankle because yeah. this is a product of a sore ankle of and his ability. Like his athletic ability is like off the charts as a quarterback. With that ankle, he's being a trooper. He's playing through it. He's doing what he's doing. I remember Mike Sherman saying to me, hey, Amon, I'll take your 80% or any, over anybody's 100%. So that 80% of Mahomes led to this knee injury because you're compensating. Like with my turf toe, give it time. Don't rush it. Andy Reid, I know I've heard from players that I play with here in Green Bay, very patient guy. So he's not going to rush Mahomes back. So I believe he'll heal up. He's got to be back because that team, with, uh, y'all I'm coming in, y'all talking about Matt Moore. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. You're right, hey, but you be nice. Hear, you want to hear a funny story before we go to break? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky Correct. instead of drafting Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson. That's pretty funny. Right. I feel <laughs> terrible. Right. Don't you just feel terrible, Amon, for Bear fans in that sense? Not. I feel sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no sense.